listening to Sermons at St. Mary's, homilies of Father Don Nectarius Hawk, recorded live at St. Mary's Antiochian Orthodox Christian Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Wisdom, let us attend, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be to all. And to thy spirit. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to thee, O Lord. Glory to thee. Let us attend. At that time, the infant Jesus was brought up to Jerusalem by his parents to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And inspired by the Spirit, he came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is spoken against, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that thoughts out of many hearts may be revealed and there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years from her virginity, and as a widow till she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all who were looking for the redemption in Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom and the favor of God was upon him. Glory to thee, O Lord. 
seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Good morning. Today, beloved, is a special day. I was telling the children this morning. It is one of the great feasts of the church throughout the year. You know, there are 12 great feasts, by the way, so that we may understand as Orthodox that there are many times during the year that we celebrate the great events in the life of our Lord, in the life of the Most Holy Mother of God. And it's not just so that we can just remember what happened, because in all of the events, there's a lot that happened, and especially in today's event, which we'll talk about in a second. But not only so that we can just think about it and remember it, but also so we can enter into it. Because each one of these events, beloved, each and every one of them connects time and space and eternity. And so when we, who are in time and space, in our chronology, when we connect with the eternality of these events, then we're brought up into heaven and heaven comes to us. And that's what happens, actually, every Sunday when we gather together in the divine liturgy. And so it's a, it's a double blessing today, an infinitely double blessing today to ascend to heaven in the liturgy and worship around the throne of God and to be connected to the, the beauty and the depth and the richness of this feast. It doesn't always occur on a Sunday because the date is fixed. It's February the 2nd is always the date of the Feast of the Presentation of our Lord in the Temple. Or the liturgical description of this feast actually is the meeting, the meeting of our Lord in the Temple, the encounter of our Lord in the Temple. And of course, we heard just a while ago from the Gospel of Luke that there was indeed an encounter. There was a meeting, there was a connection of the eternal God who had become flesh, who was now an infant, 40 days old, and his creation. Some very interesting facts about this particular event and especially about the ones who encountered the Lord. Let me just share a couple of things with you. There's a ancient tradition that the holy and righteous elder Simeon, who we heard of earlier, the one who in the spirit said, Lord, now let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. The one who charismatically by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit composed that hymn, chanted it, sang it before the Holy Mother of God and Joseph and the infant Jesus. He's also depicted in this icon. One of the ancient traditions about him was that he came from Egypt and was one of the 70, one of those who were learned Jews chosen in the days of the Pharaoh Ptolemy Philadelphus. By the way, about 270 years before Christ was born. And his task as was all the tasks of the 70 Jews who were chosen, his task was to translate 
the Holy Scriptures from Hebrew into Greek. We now have what we call the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Holy Scriptures that came from these Jews. Simeon was assigned the task of translating the book of Isaiah. And when he reached that famous and marvelous passage in Isaiah chapter 7, by the way, there were no chapters in those days. That was all organized later, by the way. That famous verse that says, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. We know that verse. We hear it all the time, don't we? Especially around Christmas time. Simeon was so perplexed about that. Really stirred up. Actually, pretty upset. In fact, so perplexed and stirred up that he took a penknife to erase the word virgin in order to replace it with young woman. At that moment, an angel of God appeared and prevented him from altering the sacred text, explaining that what seemed impossible to him was, in fact, entirely possible to God. And God could overrule and overturn the laws of nature if he wanted to. And we've seen that, haven't we? Throughout the scriptures, we see God working powerfully to proclaim and reveal himself to his people, even overturning the laws of his own creation that he made. The angel explained to Simeon that this was in fact a prophecy of the coming into the world of the Son of God. And to confirm the truth of this, he promised Simeon that he would not see death until he had seen the Lord's Christ. Until he had seen and had touched the Messiah, the one that was to be born of the virgin, as it's explained in that prophecy in Isaiah. And so when, after many long years, Christ, as we heard today, was brought into the temple by the Most Holy Mother of God. The Holy Spirit, as we also heard from St. Luke, revealed to Simeon, this was the one, this was the day, after all of these days that he had waited, after all of this anticipation, after all of this hope, only to have it possibly at least a little bit diminished, maybe even dashed at the end of one day, at the end of another day, at the end of another day, year after year after year, he waited. But this day was different. The Holy Spirit revealed to him that the time of the fulfillment of the promise had come. And when he hurried to the temple and found the most holy mother of God and Joseph and the child, he ran right up to them. <laughs> He ran right up to them and hurriedly took the child in his arms. Can you imagine what would happen if somebody did that today? Well, that's what happened. He was, he was led by the Holy Spirit, totally abandoned in his rational mind, but led by the Spirit of God to come and to grab that child and hold him and look up to heaven and said, Lord, now let your servant 
depart in peace because my eyes have seen. My eyes have seen your salvation in the flesh. And of course, at that point, he was ready to fade away. And the tradition says that he died the next day. But not after the promise had been fulfilled to him by the angel. The relics of the holy and righteous Simeon were venerated in Constantinople at the Church of St. James, built at the time of the Emperor Justinian. We also heard, beloved, about the prophetess Anna, another beautiful soul, another sweet, sweet spirit, who has, had been in the temple, as Luke says, every day. <laughs> she was now 84, a widow for many, many years. And she had also, like Simeon, spent her time in hope of the coming of the Savior. And of course, for us, she is the pattern for holy widows, for monks, for virgins, expectantly waiting, always waiting, and actually a pattern for all of us. Because isn't that what we should be doing as well? Every day. Because like Simeon and Anna, beloved, we all live in anticipation, don't we? We dream of the future. We look forward to meeting loved ones, those who have departed this life, or maybe it's perhaps those who are living in another place. All of us have experienced that sense of, you know, stirring up in a good way in us when we're looking forward to seeing someone we haven't seen in a while. We live with anticipation in planning for retirement and hoping for love and success and long life. And yet, we're bombarded with advertisements and advice about future planning and achieving success and finding love and, and yet, at the same time, told to live in the moment. <laughs> But is it possible, beloved, to find really real joy by living only in the moment? I don't believe so. Is it not the case that there's really no real joy without anticipation of that joy? Because that's what prepares us, doesn't it? Simeon and Anna were immersed into that reality. One that we've all experienced. Later on today, many of us, <clears throat> probably most of us, will be sitting in front of the TV watching the Super Bowl, having our favorite team, cheering on our favorite team, lost and immersed in anticipation, right? Because we don't know the outcome. <laughs> We don't know the outcome of that, of that game. 
We never know every year. We're not going to be sure of the outcome until that final buzzer buzzes. It's frustrating sometimes, nerve-wracking perhaps, especially those of us who really get into it. <laughs> but it's also exciting, isn't it? And it's also addictive. Our joy, the joy that we would have, an earthly joy in this case, when our team has won, would not have been anywhere near as great if we had not known the result from the start. Or if we had known the result from the start, right? It's that anticipation that's my point. It builds up within us. Well, transfer that, beloved, to the spiritual life, as we should at all times. In fact, every aspect of our life, we must wait. We must endure. We must look forward in hope if we're to experience the real joy of the fulfillment of that longing. The question is, what is the ultimate thing that we're waiting for? What's the ultimate thing that I'm waiting for? What's the ultimate thing that you're waiting for? What is it that is worth enduring so much anxiety and anticipation because the joy at the end is so intense? For us, as Christians, of course, the answer is Christ and resurrection. We proclaim that every day in the creed that we gather together. I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. All of us have experienced that. But Simeon and Anna, in a special way today, beloved, are symbols of the Christian life. Anticipation, anxiety, frustration, doubt, longing, hope, and then finally joy and fulfillment and complete happiness. But can we experience that? Can we experience such satisfaction without all the longing and the anticipation? Certainly not. That's the reality that holds this event together in the, in the heart and the mind of Simeon and Anna. And that's the reality, beloved, that should hold us together and give us faith and hope for who we are in Christ to be ultimately revealed. We may all wish that life would be simpler and easier, everything that we desire be granted in an instant. <laughs> Our culture really drives that home, doesn't it, with us? Instant gratification. We fall into that so easily, even in the spiritual realm, when we ask God in our prayers to answer in a certain way. We all want no worry, no anxiety. But we must endure to the end to find true fulfillment, beloved. Our Lord Jesus tells us that so clearly and plainly. This is what it means to experience the fullness of human existence. The beauty of love 
and longing. Life would be unbearably dull without anticipation, wouldn't it? Christ offers us true life, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> which is the anticipation of joy, yearning for fulfillment. And when that yearning is finally satisfied, as our Lord promises us that it will be, then our joy will be beyond words. And let me close with a promise that he gave to his disciples when the darkness was really dark, and it was getting darker, this is in John chapter 16, he says to the apostles at his last supper with them, the last time that they were together, he said, most assuredly I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. And you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman who is in labor has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. How can you capture the smile although very fatigued, on a mother's face directly after she gives birth, right? You mothers know that. I don't know that, but I know it by, you know, by observing it. That's what he's referring to. Therefore, he says to them, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice. And your joy, no one, no one will take from you. That's the reality we live in, beloved. As we celebrate this feast, let's immerse ourselves into that anticipation, that longing for God to reveal himself in an even greater way to us. And that deep, and abiding gratitude in the depths of our souls for what he has done and what he'll continue to do in our lives. May he be glorified, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Thanks for listening. Find us online by searching St. Mary Orthodox Omaha or at facebook.com forward slash stmaryomaha.